Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Covenant Eyes podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. My name is Karen Potter. I'm the Director of Church Outreach here for Covenant Eyes, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brandon Clark. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Karen. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing really good. You know, I, I love the topic that we have today because I was just talking with my brother-in-law who uh, he has a place in Florida and he's looking at boats and he stumbled upon some videos on like these super yachts that are like millions and millions of dollars and stuff. And so he was telling me about this and I was looking into it a little bit. And you know what I discovered? I discovered that you can actually buy virtual yachts now. You pay like $650,000 to get a, it's just even a simple virtual yacht. Like that's where we're at. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, that's kind of funny because today's topic, we're going to be talking with Jeff Wofford with Covenant Eyes. And he is our head, our VP of technology here. So we're going to dabble in topics like what's going on with the metaverse and how that relates to Christians in the church. We're going to talk about how technology is changing and how Covenant Eyes is on the leading edge of helping our members stay in tune with changes to technology and keeping our product up to date. So it's going to be a really fun, fast-paced conversation, and I'm really excited to get started. So Brandon, do you want to go ahead and introduce our guest today? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jeff, for being on with us. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. I have to ask, have you been looking into any of those virtual yachts or virtual houses or anything <laughs> like that? <laughs> I have not personally. You know, it so happens that I was involved in uh, the creation of a game in 1997. I think it was. This is Ultima Online. Ultima Online became the first video game in history that had this kind of digital property where people were selling, you know, the rights to <laughs> bits basically. And in some cases selling them for hundreds or thousands or, or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I was never, maybe I saw how the sausage was made or something. I was never willing to part with real money for virtual assets, but I think it brings some kind of satisfaction to an audience out there. Yeah. And it's interesting now because we see things like Bitcoin, right? Which is with uh, blockchains and stuff that I don't even understand. I've tried to look into it and it's just so far over my head, but it seems like it's, that's kind of the direction we're heading, even like video games, right? We see things like Pokemon Go, where people will go to different locations, physical locations to get Pokemon that are virtual. You know, so I think as we begin our conversation, Jeff, a lot of what we're talking about stems back to this term called metaverse. And I wonder if you can just explain a little bit about that and just unpack that a little bit, because there's a lot of people out there that might not know about that, but it's coming. You bet. Yes. It is an interesting topic. So in a sense, the idea of the metaverse, it's another term for what's also called virtual reality or VR. And the term metaverse goes back to, what was that? Maybe the early 90s. There were a series of books, including probably the primary one is called Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson. And it began to explore at the time, completely fictional idea of computer generated universes that were very large. They were networked so people, you know, could join in and live in them, basically live in these universes. And they were simulations and you could play games, you could trade money and so forth. Basically a new kind of world to live in, a digital world. And so over time, we have, you know, been building up our actual technical capability as a human race. And now we've gotten to the point where our virtual reality 
devices are really quite good. The latest, you know, virtual reality headsets are quite amazing. It's uh, very immersive to be inside this virtual world. And so what happened, people may not have heard the news here in the last six months or so that Facebook, the company owned by Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg has, you know, they faced some difficult PR in the last few years. They've really been dealt a blow recently by Apple, who made it much more difficult for them to do their primary business, which is ad advertising, ad sales. And that has hurt their bottom line. But where they have had success as a business is actually in this weird side business that they got into a few years ago, which is virtual reality. And they bought a company called Oculus, which was really the first successful virtual reality headset manufacturer of the last decade or so. They bought Oculus and they started off on this VR path. And it looks to me like Zuckerberg and others who are advising him are saying the ad business may be softening, but the VR business, you know, the sky's the limit. And so Facebook changed its corporate name to Meta and they are advocating for the metaverse. They're selling the what's now called the Meta Quest, which is a VR headset, used to be called the Oculus Quest meta VR headsets. And so they're doubling down on this idea of bringing everybody into a virtual world, much as Facebook brought everybody into the Facebook world, you know, 10, 15 years ago. It's awesome. because You know, actually, I have to admit, I'm kind of embarrassed, but I have played in the virtual reality. I, you know, I'm a mom, so I have kids and it's actually really interesting. So what I thought was really cool is that Life Church actually is experimenting with doing this metaverse type church service as a way to engage, you know, different generations of people. And I thought that was really interesting. Jeff, do you see any dangers for Christians specifically, um, you know, especially parents, as we kind of venture into this uncharted territory in the metaverse? Any dangers that you can see on the horizon? There are dangers and there are opportunities. And as parents, maybe we tend to be especially careful of the dangers, but we ought to be alert to the opportunities as well. Perhaps the greatest danger in VR is an extension of something that we're already seeing. As our, I'll say, media technology, as our media technology improves over the years, it tends to become more immersive and ultimately more addictive, essentially. And so when I say media technology, I'm thinking of, you know, years ago, folks had Playstations and Nintendo N64s and things that you could play games on. And then in 2007, we got the iPhone. And so now we have smartphones. They're a media technology. They're a way of conveying screens and sounds to a person. You can take them anywhere. These days, we have Nintendo Switch. we got Xbox. We still have PlayStation, PlayStation 5 now. And we have these VR devices. And so as these devices get more deep and they have more rich media experiences, they tap into our brains more richly. Now, again, that's a scary thought, but it's also an opportunity. But as a scary thought, what that means is that your kids or yourself will find yourself getting more engrossed with really intense media within these experiences more rapidly and more deeply than you might have in the past. And so in VR in particular, VR puts you in a so you put on these goggles, you know, and they're probably not supposed to call them goggles, whatever their PR for it is. But you put on this headset and your vision is completely encompassed by what the headset is showing you. All around you, it's left and right, it's up and down. It's very high resolution, vivid. 
it's three-dimensional because it's looking, you know, your left eye sees one thing, your right eye sees another thing. Stereoscopic vision, we call that. Then you've got these headsets on where your audio is stereoscopic, surround sound. So it really immerses you. And your brain connects to that. Your brain is wired to take visual stimulus and audio stimulus and construct a reality out of that. And your brain is wired to seek out high stimulus and avoid pain, you know. And there's dopamine cycles and serotonin cycles that is, you know, connected to how your brain functions in the world. Adrenaline, you know, all of these things, oxytocin and so forth. And those brain cycles are intensified by this more immersive experience. Now, I'll just say one more time, that's an opportunity, but it is a danger because it means that your kids or you can get more engrossed in these experiences even than they already are in their smartphones or their tablets or whatever. So I think, Jeff, it really has to come back to a balance because obviously we live in a world where smartphones are very necessary. I mean, you can get by without them to a degree, but as things continue to advance, you know, I don't know very many people that don't have smartphones because a lot of people are You know, they have email, they have everything on their phones now. And so I think the key here probably is finding a balance. One thing that I think concerns me, though, about this is when you go out to eat, it's pretty common to see an entire family sitting at a table, sitting in front of their screens. They're not even talking to each other. I look at my brother who is constantly on Snapchat and he's just, he becomes like a drone. So what would you say to those listening today about finding that balance and making sure that there still is an important and intentionality that needs to happen with human relationships, especially among our families. And then especially when you get into the realm of, you know, pornography and sexual sin. Right. Yeah. Intentionality is a great word, Brandon. I think that is the key. And where parenting is concerned is I would just say to parents, I have three kids myself, the youngest is 16. And then I have an 18 year old and then a 23 year old who's married. And so I have some experience with these things. They grew up, you know, during this whole kind of iPhone age, Xbox age, and we have to impose rules and we can impose rules. It's legal to do so. It's moral to do so. It's biblical to do so. We do need to impose rules and we need to constrain what our kids do because their brains, their oxytocin and dopamine and whatnot is going to draw them into these vivid experiences, which is fine. But we need to limit that. And so I would really encourage any parent who's listening, if you're sitting at a table with food where you can smell the food somewhere, your kids need to have no screens, no screens. And you need to have no screen. I see it's the same thing, Brandon. It's one of the more disturbing phenomena of the modern world. I'll see people, I'll be sitting in a restaurant, seeing a couple of lovely young people on a date, staring at their phones for 30, 45 minutes. That's bizarre. That is bizarre. And it's disturbing because you know who's winning in that circumstance is just the media companies who are feeding them dopamine injections. There's plenty of dopamine injections to be had by actually engaging with the person across the table. It's perhaps a bit riskier, but that's where we need to really be investing our time. That's really what God has made us to do, actually, is to, you know, it's not good for a man to be alone, even if his brain is being flooded with dopamine by Call of Duty. (laughs) So as parents, we need to limit these things, we do need to limit these things. It's probably not going to be as likely that kids are sitting around a uh, restaurant table with VR glasses, I hope, (laughs) but who knows? We need to get a little more stringent in our society. 
in calling each other to really engage with each other face to face. And I think that's a great segue to kind of talk about, you know, our work here at Covenant Eyes. We really have to kind of stay in tune to how technology is changing. And the thing that's beautiful, I think, about what we do here at Covenant Eyes is that we foster connectivity, like relationships and accountability require us to be in connection and relationship with other people. So I think that's great that we still have that human element built into what we provide to our members. As we think about the changes to technology and some of the things that are currently happening here at Covenant Eyes, do you have any news or any updates on where we're headed with our technology and our product as we move forward in this world? Yeah, you bet. Well, Covenant Eyes, I think we do an excellent job, and evidently our our members do too, at helping them to enrich their lives and to control the sort of things we're talking about here, the control their digital life, either for themselves or for their loved ones, their families. So we're already, I think, doing that well and are really the premier leader in the space. But this year, I think more than perhaps ever before, we're enriching our offerings and making them even more powerful in that work. We've actually got some product improvements in the works right now, beginning to ship to a limited number of customers, members. And over the next several months, we'll see more of that. We are getting more into providing you with everything you need to avoid the bad stuff online and to help others avoid the bad stuff online. But more than that, as you were saying, Karen, enriching relationships, making sure that you're connected with the people in your life whom you can trust to hold you accountable and equipping them to have those conversations with you and those interactions with you that will help you to live the kind of life you want to live instead of the kind of life that the media companies want you to live or the pornography companies want you to live. So yes, we are enriching our service offering right now to do that even better. I just want to take a moment to offer a shameless plug for our ebook Connected, which is specifically for parents going through some of the things that Jeff was just talking about. You can find that on our main website under our resources page. You know, Jeff, one of the things that we were talking about were the dangers and the struggles, but you also said with the dangers and struggles comes opportunity. I'm curious to know what your thoughts and insight are into the opportunities with the metaverse and things like Karen was saying with Life Church trying to dabble in that. Yeah, you bet. Technology is always a double-edged sword. I suppose the sword when it was invented was a double-edged sword in this way, but other technologies also bring opportunity as well as danger. And the book, you know, okay, so here's something that most people don't know. Back when the New Testament was written and the Old Testament was written, books, when you said the word book or biblios in Greek, you were referring to a scroll because that's how books were. They were long pieces of papyrus or vellum or something rolled into a scroll. And you can sort of picture what that looks like, a couple of spindles. And that's how you read books. It was actually Christians in the first few centuries of Christianity that invented what's called the Codex. And the Codex is this fancy, new, scary technology where you chop the scroll, you brutally chop the scroll into multiple little segments, and then you glue them all together and sew them together with string. And now you have a bunch of pages. And of course, this is what we just call a book. That's a book. So a Codex is the newfangled technology for books. 
And when the codex was first introduced, and again, like 300 AD approximately, it was a disturbing development in, <laughs> in media technology. It was a new form of media. And it kind of made you feel uneasy because it used to be that you could read a book and you just scroll through it and there was no stopping. There was no, you know, no pages. You could just keep going. But now with the codex, all of a sudden, each page is its own thing. You got to turn the page and so on. But there are advantages to a codex as well. It's more compact. So you can carry it around with you. It's easier to jump back and forth between pages, what a technologist would call random access memory instead of continuous access memory. So there are advantages and there are disadvantages. And that's been true for every single technology ever introduced, ever. So with VR, I think VR, the metaverse that is, and VR and other technologies like that, they do have the potential to draw people together as well as separate them. So one example is actually what, the three of us here on the audio are experiencing right now, we are actually able to see each other. We can't smell each other. We can't, thank God, give each other diseases. We can't hug each other, which is a drag, but we can interact and we're having a conversation. It's a good one, I think. And likewise, we are able to interact through another technology, the technology of the podcast, audio recording, pulse code modulation is actually one of the technologies involved here. <laughs> where we're able to send our voices out and as many people as like can hear them and can hear them for the next century. If electricity keeps going in the universe for that long, if we don't bomb ourselves to oblivion or something. <laughs> um, so, so technology has two edges. I think that VR may become a powerful force for helping people actually to draw together, perhaps to do, I've seen some beautiful artwork that's produced in VR where people are actually sort of able to sculpt out of light by moving around in this 3d environment and create really beautiful things that way. So there's there are opportunities as well as dangers. I think that's good too to remember, like we do have an opportunity in front of us. Like as Christians, we can embrace technology, we can learn what it is and help craft and shape the destiny that it's going to have, or we can just sit back and let it happen to us. You know, I mean, technology really can be used for good, but we have to really take part in that. We have to be active participants and help guide the process, not just let it happen to us. So I'm excited for you know Christians and people in the church to get involved in that and help shape that. One of the things that I think I want to touch on in our time here today is just kind of talking about that idea of reclaiming technology for good. And I think that really ties nicely into what we do here at Covenant Eyes. And Jeff, I was hoping maybe you could speak to some of the mission here and why we believe that you can redeem technology for good, but, you know, using our technology, our software helps in that process. Yes. The modern temptation is to move around on autopilot and to be buffeted around by the slings and arrows of the media companies, Hulu and Netflix and Apple and Facebook and so forth, Google and many others. We can end up giving over the reins of our lives and the lives of our families to these companies. Their advertising, their binge watching opportunities, their games, and so on, their TikTok screens and all that. And we need to turn that around and start with what it is. That, I mean, I'm speaking to each one of us. Each one of us needs to ask ourselves and God, if we are Christians, what am I here to do? And what are my kids here to do? And how can I guide them into that? How can I guide myself into that? How can I guide my spouse into that? And we need to start with that sense of purpose every day and then allow the media and the technology to fit into that rather than the other way around, because it will try to, it will try to devour our whole day 
unless we start with our real sense of purpose. At my church, we have a saying, Bible before phone. And so when I wake up in the morning, before I even look at my phone, I go ahead and pick up my Bible and I do my Bible study. And it's only after I've done my Bible study and a little prayer time that I am willing and allow myself to pick up my phone. So that's putting what I really value before what the media companies value or what my phone wants me to do or what my dopamine wants me to do. Although, to be honest, the Bible is pretty exciting. I'm in Second uh, Samuel right now, and it's, there's a lot of dopamine in there, exciting <laughs> stuff. You know, Covenant Eyes helps with that by giving you a sort of a helper on your devices that is able to go along with you, to be with you in your use of that device, to remind you of your true self and to draw your friends and family whom you've trusted to be allies into that experience so that you use that media more wisely. And it's very powerful at that. It's very effective at helping you to use that media more wisely. I use it myself. It's important in that journey. But it's really about starting with saying, what does God expect me to do today? What's my daily bread? What's my daily assignment? And then now let me put that in the right order. Let me pursue that first and allow the technology to be part of it rather than the technology dominating it. That is excellent advice. I hope everyone out there, you're driving and listening to the podcast. When you get a second, jot that down because that was really insightful. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as we close here today, Jeff, there's families listening. There might be single men, women. There might be married men, women listening. And they're all in different states of life. But what one message would you have for them to conclude our time together about this particular topic and just keeping technology in its proper ordered place? You know, God is not surprised by anything we're doing. He is not surprised by technology. If you hand him an iPhone, he's not going to stare at it with his big, long white beard and look down through his bifocals at it and be all mystified by it. He is not impressed. He saw this stuff. Who knows how many thousands or millions or billions of years ago, he's not impressed. He knew we would face these temptations and opportunities. He loves us. He has not given us anything that we can't handle. You can handle it. I can handle it. We can handle it. Your kids can handle it. But we need to depend on him. And the Bible says many, many times, the mind of man plans his way, but God directs his steps. Or it also says the horse is prepared for battle but victory belongs to the Lord. And so there's something in that about, uh, or I'll take Philippians 2 that says, consider to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why is that? Because it is God who works in you both to will and to act according to his good purpose. And that word will is an important one for our discussion because willing is simply wanting. And God is directing not only what we do, but what we want Do you want TikTok? Do you want Xbox? Do you want VR? Do you want close connection with your kids? Do you want throwing Frisbees in the park? What do you want? Well, God is guiding both your desires and your actions to his good purpose. So I guess I would just encourage every human on the planet who hears this, that God loves you. He is not surprised by anything that's happening in your life. He is weeping with your tears and he is laughing with your laughter and he is leading you on a path to glorify himself. And if you will put your faith in Jesus, 
ultimately to draw you into endless laughter in heaven. The most dopamine and serotonin and <laughs> oxytocin you could ever hope for, all the good stuff is where he's trying to lead all of us. So be encouraged. Amen. Love that. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for being on with us today. It's been a very insightful time. Really enjoyed the discussion. I enjoyed it too. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Karen, as we wrap up, any big takeaways from this conversation? Uh, There is quite a few, but I just, I love the hope that Jeff provided for all of our listeners right there at the end. You know, God loves us and nothing surprises him or shocks him. And, you know, he just wants to welcome us into the family. So if you're out there and you've heard that message, just know that you are loved. And Covenant Eyes is here to support you in your journey as you address the technology challenges that we're all facing. And you can do this. We believe in you. So from everybody here at Covenant Eyes, I'm going to go ahead and end today's podcast, but be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, and we'll see you next time on our next episode of the Covenant Eyes podcast. Take care. Take care.